Hey, welcome to another episode of Move the Chains. I'm your boy, Big Game James, and alongside of me is the one and only, the musicologist, A. Reed. Hey, and as yeah. y'all see, he is repping yeah. the Cincinnati Bengals with his black yeah. and orange on. Come on, man. <laughs> I got to do Wait, wait. One time, I got to do it one time for me, for the fans, for the city. Who they? Who they? Who they say going to beat them Bengals? Nobody, baby. <laughs> there it is. Girl. Nobody. Hey, now, Reed, a question got brought up to me the other day, and I said, hey, I'm going to have to ask Reed next time we talk. How did you become a Cincinnati Bengals fan, baby? Okay, man. I've been <laughs> – it's funny. Shout out to the late, great John Madden, because he had a lot to do with it. But growing up, I was always a – I ain't gonna lie. I was always a Jerry Rice fan. Okay. Man, my mom and dad they went to Mississippi Valley State. Oh, okay. Yeah, they went to Valley State. Dad used to tell me stories about how he saw Jerry Rice play and everything like that. So, gotcha. It naturally made me a 49ers fan. Got it. Okay. But the thing about it was, it was always this team that I always saw with stripes on their helmets. I thought it was the dopest thing on earth. I don't know who they were because you never heard about them. But they it. just had these straps on it and it just seemed so clean. So I think it was like more or less like around like Madden, like 06, 05, 06. Like I used to take like sorry teams and like just take them all the way. And I just started scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. I said, oh, damn, there they are. Bangles. Bam. And I started looking up the team, started doing research. Okay. And, and this is back. This is back, you know, with the Marvin Lewis, with the, with the Carson Palmer, with the, with the Rudy, Rudy Johnson. Uh, TJ, uh, Ocho, oh, you know what I'm man. saying? I'm okay, talking about, yeah, I'm talking about back, back. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, so, so you don't remember the boomer Sias and Bengals and the and the and the big Tony Munoz and you know, nah, I, I, I can't say Klecos. that, I, I, but but I have went back, I have went back, did my research and everything. Yeah. So much love for what they did for the organization. Gotcha. Okay, of course, I always love boomer. You know what I'm saying and stuff like that. But like I said, I kind of grew up. You know what I'm saying, Jerry? I, shit, I wanted to be. Everybody wanted to be a receiver. Goddamn. <laughs> Jerry Rice, you know what I'm saying? But I got to admit, like, from then, man, I, I just – and plus me always being like an underdog guy. Right. It was just like a natural thing. Like, I saw, pe like, people just dissed them so much. And I was like, why y'all hate these guys so much? Like, right. that's a dope team. And just everybody just kept dissing this. I was like, nah, man. Now, if I got to pick a squad, I'm going to ride with a squad that don't nobody want to ride with. Like, okay. what's up, Sensei? What's up, Sensei? And just from then on, like, just I stayed with them. I stayed with him. Hey, stayed hard. Up. Die hard with him. Now, one thing I'm gonna say, man. I since, since the time I know you, and the time has gone by so fast, dog. It's been like, yeah, yeah. been like the fastest seven years I think of my life. As far as like <laughs> the time we done met, hooked up, did shows together and stuff. Like, damn, I can't believe it's been that long. But I know two diehard, diehard Bengal fans. That's you and my dude Tim. All right, Tim lives. He's from he's from Ohio. He lives man. out in Las Vegas now. And it's so funny. Oh, he start, oh, he oh start, he's going he, to. I know he's going. He's going yes, to. He, he probably trying to get there for real. But yeah. he 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 was every week like, hey, James, the Bengals going to win. If we win this game, we win it. We're going to the Super Bowl. And I'm laughing like, dog, you and A. Reed might be the only two people I know that will put y'all team going all the way to where I'm not going to lie to you, man. And I know we're about to get into our picks and our game previews and reviews and everything else. But I thought that the Bengals were going to be doomed. And when that game started out the way it did, I was like, oh, damn. I Man, said, everybody did. Even, I, but, even I did. 
a little but, bit. But Reed, to your point, because you and I talked about it a little bit earlier in the week when you said, don't forget what the first game looked like. They got out to like a, a 20-something to three lead that first game. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what it was. They got combo, but big shout Same out to damn you. Same damn thing happened. Yeah, big shout out to Same you. Big shout out to happened. Tim. 21-3, what was it, like 21-3, like come halftime again? Or 28-3, something like that. Yeah, it was, like about that. The, it was about the same what thing. Happened? But, what happened? Man, it's unbelievable to where, you know, first and foremost, I take nothing away from the Bengals. And you watch their mindset, their energy, the way they get into it and how they carry themselves, man. They're not playing scared at all, which is at all. At all. is for a young team, that's good. Because, and I think it says a lot about their coach as well, man. Like, he's come in and done – the job and to me right now, if he's not coach of the year, something's wrong. Oh, yeah, most definitely. By far. Definitely. You know what I'm saying? Most so it's definitely it's it's most one of those definitely. things, man, where you see it, they're doing it hard to believe at times, but then they just carry out everything and they go and they and they play hard and they make things happen, bro. And it's just it's hard to pick against them <laughs> right now. Do you, I don't I don't know if you pay attention. I mean, because I, I do follow the squad or whatnot, man, but just to see coach Zach Taylor after every game, how he talks to the team. How Joe Burrow talks to the team, how how you know the leaders address the squad. You right. know, one thing and, and and even shout like I've never seen this. I've never seen a coach, especially uh, you know, like during the playoffs, just during these games, a coach that actually takes the game balls to the local establishment, the local bars, and tells hey. them this ball is for you, and this is just to let you know this these many more are coming. More are coming. We love y'all support. This is this is for you, and this is staying. Like, what coach does that? You know what hey, I'm Reed, saying? When I saw that and heard that on ESPN that he went to the, you know, started it and said, I'm stuck in traffic. I might as well go do this and let, you know, let the fans know how much we appreciate them. Yeah. Man, that, ta- that, that takes the cake because that really puts it, – it takes that fan to a place that they wouldn't be otherwise. I think it puts them there, makes them feel like they're really a part of what's going on. Exactly. And we all know how important exactly. it is for the fan to feel like they're a part of what's going on in the game. It's important for them to feel like, hey, this is my team, this is my city. And Zach Taylor went down to the – he's going down to those bars, and he's doing that. He's going in, he's giving them the game ball, presenting them with it, making them feel like a part of it. And, uh, who they, hey, man, who they nation – they doing a thing, man. I hey, could not believe it at all. So, you know, big shout-out to you and your Bengals right now, man. And it's, it's great to see. It's fun to see a team like Wonderful. this. And I love the underdog. I'm not going to lie to you, man. I love the underdog. I'm, I'm just glad it's my boys, man. Finally. Finally. 31 years, y'all, we are here. Shout out to every Cincinnati Bengal fan around the freaking world. Oh, come in my show. We doing this, man. We doing <laughs> this. I'm telling y'all right now on this show, we doing it. Yeah, man. Hey, big time, big things going on. Hey, but going into that game, and you said it surprised you too, Um. I still not can't I still can't believe and it's hindsight now. But for me, I read, you know, when it comes down to it and I talk to you all the time, I'm old school football, right? Mm-hmm. I I believe in doing things a certain way. And I think that's because I saw how Coach Dungey approached the game and mm-hmm. what his take was on certain things. And he always had the belief where when you get in the red zone, you can't pass up points unless it's a must score touchdown. But for the most mm-hmm. part, whenever we got in the red zone, we knew we were going to settle for three and kick that three and rely on our defense to make a play. What did you think about that in the first half when Kansas City got down there to about the four-yard line through the swing pass to Hill? To Tyreek Hill. And, they, you know, your Bengals get the big stop, and they get no points before half, and it comes back to bite them in the butt. 
Well, first and foremost, I'm happy because, you know, it's the Bengals playing against right. KC. I'm happy that they made the stop. But secondly, though, I am thinking that's a dumb play call. That's a dumb call. Uh, even if you're going into halftime, I mean, you still try to increase the lead somewhat somehow. I don't know if they was up 21 or they had more points at that time, but they could have added three more points. It was, was 21 to three at the time they did it because they went into halftime 21 three. They so could have been 24 to three. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? With Cincy coming back, having to face that deficit. Okay. Right. Um, and then we're potentially talking maybe, maybe the game is 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 not even going to the overtime. You know what I'm saying? Right. Because you right. because you still got the three points, you know. So over I mean, either way, it was a dumb play for Casey. You you take the points, especially in the in the playoffs, bro. In the playoffs, you score as many freaking points as you possibly can. As many points as you can, you don't pass up opportunities. And they could have, right. they could have, they could have did something. Now, so hey, Reed, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna ask you this, and this is something that uh, I know Jay and I are gonna probably talk about on Thursday, and something I kicked around with some of my people around here. Do you think if the Chiefs didn't execute the way they wanted to so easy in the game that they kicked those three, I think they got a little bit ahead of themselves and thought that they were gonna have an easy time in the second half. So they 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 passed up the points thinking that. It was going to be a cakewalk in the second half. And the one thing I've noticed about the Bengals is Zach Taylor, what they do very well is make second half adjustments. Yes, they, they made, do. I think they made yes, better they adjustments do. than anybody that, that's in the playoffs <clears throat> right now. And they find a way to win at all times. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. I give you that. I give you that. I've never seen another team that does something like that, man. So most deaf. Uh, yeah, yeah. Shout out, Jay Stock. No, for real. Chiefs, um, I guess they just was kind of they figured that they were just gonna score, right? Regardless, you know what I'm saying? Uh, because I think Tyreek Hill had just had that that play like right up the field that yeah, Hill, so you know, my bad, my I kind of hit my mic out of excitement. <laughs> yeah, you good man? But yeah, I, I, I yeah. think, and I was talking about that with a friend of mine. I was like, look, man, if they didn't have the success they had early on, I think they take those points. But at the same time, once they got that feeling, like. Psh, Man, we got this. This is way too easy. Hey, let's get cute. Get cute, get you beat in the NFL. That's one thing you cannot do. You can't go out there. You can't get cute as Buffalo. You know what I'm saying? They got cute. They Real got talk. beat. Hey, Kansas City turn around the next week. They got cute. They got beat. And now They sitting at the house. They sitting at the crib chilling, man. Don't get cute. Hey, the hell with your analytics. I, I said that on one of my little short vlogs that I released out earlier this week. The analytics are going to get you beat. Quit. I'm not a, I, you know what, man, even on that, man, I'm not a big stickler in that, in that analytics stuff, man. I think to me, like, I'm kind of more of an old school yeah. person, like, like more of the situation of the game, like, right. you know what I'm saying? I, I think I've watched enough football in my time, you know, I haven't played in NFL, but, you know, I played, you know, high school and stuff like that. I played in the mirrors. I've done enough football and know enough of the rules to, to practically understand what to do in each kind of situation of each kind of game. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, exactly. You know, so that's what I'm saying. Like you, you got to go for them points, man. Yeah. You got to go for those points. Uh, man, something else I thought about and I want to get into. And do you think that Patrick Mahomes time to have the success is over? Do you think that the Kansas city chiefs can get back to the dominance to actually get another super bowl win or, with all the variety, I think, coming up in the AFC, are they making things hard on themselves? No. No, I think he still has a chance. I think he definitely still has a chance. 
<clears throat> every year that Casey plays, every every look, every time Mahomes gets on the field, you're almost kind of expecting Casey to win. I mean, he's still that guy. He's still he's still good. But the problem is, is that, and like I was kind of saying with the Cowboys, the window is closing. The window is starting to close. Yeah. You know, they was at at the at, they was at that peak pinnacle for a little while. Uh-huh. But with the injuries and in the recent, you know, unsuccess that they haven't been having, and now you see the recent stuff with the Bengals, with with other teams coming up. Now it's just like, okay, y'all are up there, but all these other teams is coming up there now. So the window is closing for what they can do, which right. is going to make it seem like his time may be up. I don't think his time is up. It's just folks is figuring out ways, you know, what I'm saying to play KC, man, like. They're not scary anymore, man. They're not scary. Right. With these young quarterbacks, though, it's going to make it hard. Now, this is one thing that I don't think a lot of people have have thought about. He's a half a billion dollar quarterback. A lot of that money in that contract is backloaded to where they're going to have to dump some of that to keep key components in place later on in that contract to be competitive. They're not going to be able to keep all the same pieces on that team. And Kansas City, without those pieces – is just a regular team. They're no one. They're not a dominant, fierce team that anybody's going to fear. Where do they make up some of that later on to make sure that that squad is still going to compete? You need to share up that defense. Yeah, just like they need to share up the defense. Yeah. They need to share up the defense, and maybe, maybe add another piece to your O. Maybe um, I would probably want to find me maybe another receiver that can maybe take some help off of Tyreek Hill and Kelsey. Um. Yeah. But your yeah, your running back was all right with Clyde Clyde Hare. Clyde Edwards Alaire. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and then um, uh, number one McKinnon. I wanted to say McKinnon. McKinnon. McKinnon yeah, McKinnon. McKinnon. Yeah. The, you know, and he yeah. was a quarterback in college, but they have a cool one-two punch at running back position. They can. Yeah. Yeah. They, they got. Some, they, they still. Got they still need some route head, runners, man. but they got to get the defensive line stored back up. Like Ingram was a big help at the defensive position. We know what Jones does as a as a pass rusher and a, and a run stopper on the defensive line. Linebacker play, secondary is getting old, and they're getting a little banged up. Um, I love Tyron Matthew to death, but he, he's only got so much time left until they have that success. You know I like Honey like, Badger, man. Yeah. I like Honey Badger, but, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's coming. It's coming. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. All hey, Jason, Jay Stocks, I know the contract is over 10 years. But the way it's written now is still going to eat up something at part of that back 10. Don't know what part it kicks in. I'm just saying with everything that's going on in the NFL, especially in that AFC right now. And, guys, let's not forget, analytics kept the Los Angeles Chargers out of the playoffs in the long run. Three of their last four losses all came within, like, three points apiece. Hmm. And they left they left points out there all the time because they chose to go for first downs instead of going for field goal or go for touchdowns in the red zone instead of taking those points. I think that's something that they learn from, try to get better at, and then it's going to be different. I just think it's going to be hard on the Chiefs coming up to know how you know how they're going to play and what they can or can't do. Man, that's just big really, game. really what I think. Big game, you have an NFL experience, man. Yes, sir. If you were an NFL coach. Big game, man. Fourth and three. What you going? What, what you going to do? Now, I read being real with like I told you, I'm an old school guy. It depends on where I'm at on that field with that fourth and three, okay. and it also depends on what type of offensive line I have. 
You know what I'm saying? If I got some road graders like San Francisco 49ers, I might take a better only know of a chance on that fourth and three. If I'm right outside that red zone, that Dallas Cowboys coach Mike McCarthy like to call goal zone, yeah. and I don't have the best offensive line, I'm gonna take those three points, man. I just feel like <laughs> three times me getting three three times and you getting stopped three times gave me nine points to your thanks, zero. thanks, thanks. Right? So All I'm gonna take the points, man. All facts, and then that's also knowing your personnel, right? <laughs> knowing your personnel, yeah. knowing the situation hey, of the man, game. You, you gotta know. I say it all the time to my son. He's like, "Man, daddy, he didn't catch the ball, son. You gotta know who you throwing to. You know who your go-to receivers are. You throw to the ones you know gonna catch the ball. You in middle school, you can't throw the ball to your friend if your friend can't catch. Tell your your friend to forgive you, but your baller won't. <laughs> you gotta get the ball in the hands of them ballers, man. Same thing with when you're running the ball, you're making decisions. You know your personnel, you know your strength. You gotta play to them, and it's that game. Like I said, it's still so weird to me, and that's why I said it's adjustments, right? Because they look so fluid, they look so smooth. They had their way in the first half, besides the bonehead player not taking the points, and then they came out and ran into a bus on a wall. And now I'm asking the question, does Andy Reid and Eric Benjamin know how to make adjustments? But at the same time, when they came out ahead, they didn't have to make an adjustment until, you know, in the game. And they didn't do that very well at all. And that's why they lost the game. Mm-hmm. Yep. Complete facts. Yep. Either way, they're at home and we're in the Super Bowl. Hey, they're at home. You and the Super Bowl. Going to the ship. Going to the ship. All right. Well, hey. Keeping this train moving and not slowing things down. The afternoon game, the San mm. Francisco 49ers and the Los Angeles Rams. Hard fought game, hard fought game between both teams. Uh, you got to give kudos to the 49ers, man, because they was playing their asses off through this whole playoffs. Right. Um, man, to see the emotion of your boy Debo after the game, because you knew how much that meant to him. Um, and they didn't lose by much, man. Didn't lose by much. I mean, so, De- Debo's a warrior, dog. I get that up to, he's to, a, the, to the heart, he's, boy. He's a he's a competitor. He cares, and you know what? I tell I still tip my hat to San Francisco, man, because they overachieved this this postseason too, right? Like, oh. let's you know, real talk. Go back to wild Super Wild Card Weekend. I don't. How many people really had them beating Dallas? You know, what I'm saying about a handful. It was like half, and it wasn't really half. You had a couple naysayers. I just told Cowboys fans, y'all better watch. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And it's because <laughs> Don't take the, them lightly. The way they're coached and the way they play. And like I said, this this is not going to be a cow. We're not going to get on the Cowboys. This is not a Cowboys bashing show. But we already know that the Cowboys were a more talented team, but they got out coached. Yes, they were. Yes, they Point were. blank, period. Point blank, period. They got out coached, right? So mm-hmm. that happened. They didn't handle the business. Didn't do what they needed to do. And they lost the game. But San Francisco showed then that they weren't going to back down from anyone. Nobody. They were going to do whatever they needed to do to compete and to get things done. And, man, you got to just take your hat off to them because they did it, man. They never stopped balling. They never stopped believing. But that Green Bay game made me believe. I mean, me too. That Green Bay game made me believe. But, Reed, if we go to this game against the Rams, what's the one thing that stuck out to you, man, that you think may have cost them the game? Oh, man. Just kind of a few few missed opportunities, man. Just 
they was there, but but it, but it wasn't there, man. And it, it it was just hard fought on both sides, man. It, it is just like it, it's like that game could have came down to like one or two plays, bro. Really, right? It really could have game came down to one or two plays. Um, uh, definitely, man. Taking what's that, man? Taking advantage of opportunities when they come. I can't remember. I, th- I can't say his name. I forget his Jaquisic trick. True it, whatever he is, but he missed that pick. And I was like, God. Yeah, that um oh, J Stock said Jimmy G's the reason they lost that game. But yeah, Reed, I'm gonna piggyback off what you said because hey man, it's hard. And that young man, the ball came right there, eyes went up, looked down the field. You can totally tell wow. he was ready to see where he was gonna go with that interception once he got it. It hit his hands and he dropped it. To me, that changes the entire complex of the it, complexity it, it, of the game it changed, because it changes it at all. Maybe they hey, they stop them, they get the ball back, they have momentum, they go score again, maybe put that thing out of reach right before they run around. Now, exactly. I, I, if ifs and could have would have ain't won a Super Bowl yet, you know what I'm saying? Like you have and to get won't. it done, and you got to make big plays in those big games. Um, you know, that's your offense wins games, defense wins championships, and that defense played better once the offense ended up scoring that possession mm-hmm. and it's like it gave them a little bit of life back a little bit of wind under their sails and they believed in that they can get things done and they and they got it done man yeah yeah they did man so rams y'all y'all gotta y'all got fortunate for that uh right i'm not taking i'm not taking anything away from uh it's just shit <sighs> Jack, look and not, and I don't need. I'm not even trying hey. to back, backtrack him, but <laughs> he's not lying though. Like, you think Stafford really tried to give the game away, and the Niners gave it away worse? That's Jay Stoggs being a Matthew Stafford hater. That's all I, that is. I like, I like, <laughs> I like, I like Stafford. I like Stafford. I really do mm-hmm. like Stafford. Sounds like Carol, uh, you know, product. You know, boy went to Georgia, did his thing, and no I, Highland Park. He went to Highland Park. Yeah, Highland Park. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. went to Highland Park. Um, Love the kid, man. Love the kid. Um, but I do feel, I do feel that he's just due up. He's just due to make a costly turnover at some point in the game. You don't know I, when, but it's it's coming. You know what I I'm agree. saying? Whether it's an interception, whether it's a fun, but he's due for a costly turnover. I, I need that to happen. And I feel like, I feel like, see, and I was telling some Rams fans at, at, at my job today because they was talking some mess. Look, the Bengals have been getting these turnovers. They have been getting these turnovers, getting, look, I'm telling you, Bengals can do it. I'm going to be saying it all, all show. All week, yeah. <laughs> all week. Bengals can seriously do this. Yeah, they seriously. can. But um, I feel like Stafford is is just like a like a it, it, it's due to happen, James. I, I mean, I feel you on that because I was watching that last drive and I was like, "Yo, he gonna throw a pick." And guess what? I said the same thing against Tampa when he threw the big play to Cooper Cup. Man, they got down the field. So part of me wanted that old Detroit Matthew Stafford to show up, and he never walked in the building. You know what I'm saying? He handled mm-hmm. his business. He did what he's supposed to do in those situations, and they they you know they do they they did what they had to do. <laughs> now Jay yeah, that's right they thought he said he's gonna lose the game for you did Dak Prescott lose the game for the Cowboys 
don't do them like that. I'm just that asking questions, you know, since we, you know, since we finger pointing quarterbacks and one quarterback has still maintained the last half of the last four games of the year and so far in the playoffs. <laughs> I mean, like I said, you can hate Matthew Stafford all you want, but he's he hasn't gone to choke choke Stafford yet. He's maintained. Yeah, I mean, they now, win. he tried he tried against Tampa, but he still pulled it out in the end. You know what I'm saying? He's this win. game here, man. I don't know. I guess okay. It comes down to the quarterback that played worse. I think Jimmy G those last two drives played worse than Matthew Stafford did that game, and that's it. You know what I'm saying? They lost. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. Okay, so Jabari just said, who that nation is about to get them, right? And we're going to get into our previews a little later, man. And I think the one thing that we still have to account for is the amount of times that Joe Burrow gets hit in a game. You know, that's the elephant in the room right now, I believe. Where is the pass protection going to come from? What are they going to do? Now, the good thing about this is, they got two weeks before they need to do anything, make any kind of adjustments or be able to make the adjustments they need to make going into the Super Bowl. So I think it gives them time to figure out how to address this aggressive defensive line. Now, the one mm-hmm. thing that no one said yet, man, I believe, and are we too far ahead to really jump on the Super Bowl preview? Because I know we're going to do a whole lot more preview and predictions. But, hey, we could go ahead and, uh, and, and start talking about it now. But I know the one thing and one area – that I believe um, mm. nobody uh, nobody's talking about is Jalen Ramsey is the best player in that Rams secondary, right? Yeah. Other than that, you got to stop Chase and Higgins, and hopefully, and, I don't know if the tight dude Uzi if, if he comes if, back. If he comes back, but if not, y'all still got enough pieces. Oh, the um Boyd, right? There's a Boyd, the other, yeah, the other, Boyd. The other receiver, Tyler dude, Boyd. There's three receivers that can give that secondary fits if Burrow has a chance, has the time to throw the ball. Because Jalen Ramsey is going to be one-on-one with Jamar Chase. We already know that. We're going to have our popcorn ready, ready to watch it, ready to see it. Yeah. But the secondary is a weak link, I believe, for that defense. I believe most of their success comes in that front seven. And I believe you take Ramsey out of the equation and the Rams are just mediocre in the secondary. Yeah. And that might be a harsh word to say, but oh. that's just what I feel. I think that they can expose them there. Reed, what do you think they need to do to to slow down that pass rush of Aaron Donald and Von Miller? Uh, I think they'll figure something out as far as that that O-line. Um, I mean, because kind of, if you look at it, I mean, they have been pretty much one of the worst O-lines in the league. I mean, if you letting your quarterback get sacked that many times right within the season, they have. But for some way, somehow, those guys are still maintained and somehow keep it adjusted and, you know, uh, do the necessary things they needed to do along the way. So I think they somehow figure it out. Um, you're going to have to do something with Aaron Donald, a double team, something, even if it means putting another person in the box, another tight end, however they need to do it. But they going to figure something out. Um but I think I think if they do that, that may give them a lot more success because that would give them that would give Burrow time behind that that line. And like right. you said, besides Jaden Ramsey, who else you got to help cover Boyd to help cover Higgins? Yeah. You now, know what I'm saying? 
Another thing, too, that I don't know if they get enough credit for, and Jay Styles put this in here before I could actually chat on, I mean, bring the point up. You no, got, Von Miller cannot cover Higgins. No. You got, no. Boy, boy, no. No. You got, you got Joe Mixon that can run the hell out of the ball, and Samaj P. Ryan, that is another good back as well. And they mm-hmm. both catch the ball very well out of the backfield. Yes, so you got do. a two-headed monster at running back. And if you get the Rams where they cannot pin their ears back and just pass rush, you're going to get them. And that's how the 49ers beat them the first two times this season is when they ran the ball with success on them. They just didn't have the run game this last game that they did the first two games of the season. And so Cincinnati has run. If, if, if Cincinnati can get that run game going, then that's going to slow down that pass rush. And I think to me, that's how you counter that great pass rush with the mm-hmm. with the with the solid run game. And I know they want to throw the ball, and everybody wants to see Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase uh, play pitch and catch. But they're going to have to uh, incorporate their running game to help slow down that Rams defense, and then take advantage of it. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I totally agree. Totally agree yeah. with you. I totally agree. This is gonna be a good game, though. Very good Man, game. Should be a very good game. And you know, we're gonna come back with a Super Bowl special right before Super Bowl kicks off to let everybody know who we pick, why we pick them, and what we think is gonna happen because a lot is gonna happen between now and then. So hey Reed, something we put on the rundown and instead of waiting, since we just got through talking about, you know, this this 49ers game versus the Rams, 49ers lose. Uh, there's been a lot of Jimmy G critics out there. Mm. Uh, Jeff Garcia came to his defense this week when uh, ESPN's Mina Khan made a, a statement about Jimmy Garoppolo winning, but he wasn't the reason they were winning. And, you know, Garcia basically said, it's easy for someone who's never played the position to come out and talk bad about someone who has and has, you know, no reason or no, I mean, she has no right to talk about somebody like that and you know some broadcasters get a little brave behind the camera and behind the pen and talk a little bit of trash yeah we know Mina Khans is a female she didn't play any football hell we don't know if she played any sports at all she has a good voice and people listen to her on ESPN and she can say the things she says was she right was she wrong I don't know but you asked the question what's next for Jimmy G what do you think the 49ers need to do with Garoppolo man I think it would be dumb they let him go. Ooh. I just think it would be dumb for them to let him go. Look how much success that the guy's had, the success that he has with Shanahan. He's been proven. Look how far that he's gotten you guys to. I mean, it's it's proven that he works well with Shanahan. But then you have the issue of your boy Trey Lance. Right, right. Why it's, did you draft him? Exactly. So at what point in time – you go get you think your next quarterback in the draft. You move up, use a first round pick on Trey Lance. You give him another year of learning under Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, like, what's what's well, the process going to be? Like, I don't see how that works, man. Well, see, the thing is, they drafted Trey Lance for him to be the next one in charge. You know what I'm saying for the 49ers. Right. The problem is, you got Jimmy G playing the way that he's playing. So you can do one or two things. You can let Jimmy G go, let Trey do his thing, or keep Jimmy G, make Trey land some trade bait, see what you can get out of him. Because he's a young guy that can get some talent and probably learn under another system. You know what I'm saying? Maybe compete somewhere for a starting position. You know what I'm saying? Get a lot more touches. And then you just start building your team around Jimmy G. Resign him, start building around. 
You know what I'm saying? Because the fact of the matter is, if you let them go, somebody's going to pick them up. Right, right. And you guys are not going to go back to the playoffs with Trey Lance being your starting quarterback next year. Period. Yeah, Trey Lance is young. And he played sparingly this year. So basically, he will come into next year if he was to get put in the starting role and basically be a, like a rookie all over again. You know what I'm saying? He's yeah. not ready to come in and be the starter. But you spend money on him. You got to take a chance. You gave Jimmy G some money to come out there. I mean, yeah, Lance is under a rookie deal. It's not like he's eating up a lot of the salary cap the way that deal is structured. But what kind of division does that create in the locker room? You know, does it become something divisive that can break a team up? What do you do to make things smooth and right? You know, I think John Lynch will get it figured out. He and Shanahan out there. But, you know, you, you got to ask the question, you know, what's what's real? What's the real expectations of what should be done with Jimmy Garoppolo? And, you know, do you take that chance to keep him on your team until you think Trey Lance is really ready? Um you know, I think Green Bay is another one that made a, uh, a mistake at quarterback when drafting Love the way they did mm-hmm. with Rodgers. So, like, you get these mm-hmm. young quarterback in waiting. To me, you can do that with a second or a third round pick. You don't do that with a first round pick. Exactly. Unless you feel like, I mean, exactly. and not the way where it's a win now league, you don't have time to really develop the kids that you want to, how you want to develop them. Because if you don't win, you're going to get fired. You're not going to be there to even have a job. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And then you drafting these guys when they when you when when your starting quarterbacks still have prime in them. Right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So of course it's gonna look like a slap in the face. Right. Like, exactly. Come on, bro. Like, you know what I'm saying? I can understand if 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 like you know Pittsburgh had got Trey Lance or somebody, you know what I'm saying? You yeah, know? exactly. Because you knew Roethlisberger was on his last leg. You know, he was on his last leg, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, he was in there on the pinky toe. You knew he had to go. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So yeah, man. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's gonna be interesting to see what what Forty Nineers do, though. Hey, very interesting to see what they do. Um, I think Jimmy G's gonna be gone for some reason. I just believe it. Um, now I, I don't. I don't think he's beyond awful. He's played hurt. He's managed games. He hasn't come out and complained or said anything publicly. If he has any bad feelings, he left it all in house. He's not airing their dirty laundry. He keeping it in the crib between family, letting mm-hmm. them do their thing. And who know? Now I still think that he can be a serviceable quarterback in this league. I think that he can carry a team that has a lot of other support behind it. If that makes sense. Now I'm not saying I want him as my quarterback. I'm not saying that, but I think that he can. He's not the worst out of 32 quarterbacks. Jimmy Garoppolo is not the worst of 32 quarterbacks. I could see Jimmy G leave. And he seems like he was one of those guys that want to be like in a big city or something like that. Think so? Yeah, I could see him. I mean, you know, he he look, he, he look like one of them guys where he like just I could see Jimmy G go to like the Jets. Hey, but you hey, your boy Zach Wilson started playing good at the end of the year. I think they got what they want out of him. So, I mean, if Jimmy G goes somewhere with a young first-round draft pick quarterback, he's going as a backup. Giants. He's got to go. There you go. Now he can go there and push Brown out the door. He can. He can go to the Giants. He, he can go, go to the Giants. He, he can go to the Giants and maybe push and him out the door. And, and be, I can see yeah. that though. I can see that. Now is Galladay still under contract for the Giants? I think Does so. He, I think he has another year on his contract too. I think. Um. So. Uh, what's your boy's name from Oklahoma? Uh. uh 
receiver out there. He's been there about four years. He dating somebody famous now too. Um, uh, Shepard. You know, Shepard was hurt this year. A healthy Sterling oh. Shepard is not a bad wide receiver for him to throw the ball to. So he might have a couple of weapons to, to go to, man. And, um, you know, we're going to talk about who they hired here as a coach here in a minute, man. But mm-hmm. first and foremost, talking about moves. And I saw this and my stomach turned. And I think I want to throw my food up a little bit, dog. Really? The Las Vegas Raiders really decided, decided to hire Josh McDaniels. That made you turn? <laughs> It made wow. me hey, hey man, before I move on, man, look look at what this boy did. So Jay Stoggs, y'all, earlier we we're talking about what Mina Kimes said, and that Jeff Garcia came to the defense of Jimmy Garoppolo. And he told me that Jeff Garcia was trash. Jeff Garcia when he was a solid quarterback. I mean, he was somebody Dallas could have used back in the day when they were going through Anthony Wright and Tony Banks and everybody else. Okay, Jabari. All right, Jay Stoggs. Like, you want to sit over and name people who said Tony Banks and talk about people not being solid. Y'all had a lot of not solid quarterbacks. Maybe that's how you know better than maybe you are more of a quarterback expertise than I am because Dallas has had some bad ones. You know what I'm saying? Clint Sterner. Uh, uh, yeah, y'all had a lot of bad quarterbacks, Jabari Stoggs. Quincy Carter. Yeah, Quincy Crackhead Carter. Now, don't tell he gonna tell me. Jeff Garcia being solid is like saying Romo's a Hall of Famer. No, not at all. Not at all. And we know that Tony Romo is not a Hall of Famer, so I get the point you're trying to make on your statement. You know what I'm saying? But Jeff Garcia was better than a lot of quarterbacks y'all had here that y'all cheered on that y'all thought was great. (laughs) So. He's trying to tell you, man. Hey, man, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop my rant. I'm not going to get mad. I'm going to let Jay Stocks get on with his day because, you know, he likes to do that. He likes to ruffle my feathers. My man um, said Tony Banks, y'all. Tony Banks. <laughs> Tony Banks, <laughs> y'all. Hey, hey, no diss to Tony Banks, man. I like how Banks put man, it Man, I used to love Tony, bro. His, his name, man. I supported he was a great, Tony back in great, the day. Great quarterback in college. Solid <laughs> guy. But he wasn't going to be that franchise team leader that was going to nah, take nah, you to nah, a nah. Super Bowl, man. We know that. And that's no disrespect to him or uh, – or anybody else, you know what I mean? So real quick, but yeah, so something that turned my stomach, man, when I saw it the other day, because, you know, we we, we talk about coaches and chances, and we talk about why some minority coaches don't even get interviews, or they do, it's only because the Rooney Rule that these teams really aren't even interested anyway, right? And, you yeah, know, it's 2022, yeah. Reed. I'm sick of talking about race when it comes to hiring coaches. I'm just sick of it, right? And here it is, Josh McDaniels, who got fired in Denver, runs back to Daddy Belichick in, in uh, New England, tells the Colts that he's going to come on to be their head coach, reneges, they have to go get Frank Wright another couple of years. In his press conference yesterday, I just had to make sure I waited for the right situation, and this was finally the right situation before I took this job. But, yeah, we still get qualified candidates that get a, a token interview and can't even get a job. Or, or, or really coming for a second interview or have a chance to go in and coach that team. So it's like Josh McDaniels is young, privileged, with the right skin pigmentation. He's getting a chance to go do a job that I don't even think he's he's already shown how capable is he. What kind of success is he really going to have in Oakland? I mean, Las Vegas. I just It just makes me sick, man, to see somebody that can throw away stuff still be blessed with another opportunity 
so fast, so quick over other guys that I think may be more qualified. So, Big Game, you, you've been blessed to be a part of the NFL, to be in the game. Right. To be a part of it, to see the inside. I never have. Right. You've been you you you've been very fortunate enough to see uh things behind the scenes that millions of people would die to I mean would love to see. Right. You know what I'm saying? Just just to catch a glimpse of. So mm-hmm. I'm sure that being such a billion dollar, multi-million dollar industry, um, that it's certain people um and of certain colors um that are sitting at the top that makes the final decisions all the time. Um, is it a shame that only one team, a lot of the Pittsburgh Steelers, can maintain a minority coach in Mike Tomlin? Yes, it is because it's very, I mean, we've seen it time and time again that there are many qualified, many qualified people of all type of different races that can right. coach in the NFL. But for some reason, you know, all 32 teams have pretty much white owners, maybe except for the Jags. You know what I'm saying? Maybe, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, Sean yeah. And Atlanta, maybe, you know what I'm saying? But but aside from that, you know. Yeah, man. And, and it, you know, who, who, who makes the money, though? Who makes the money, big game? What yeah. color makes the money? Yeah. The people come out to see what color. You know, I, I mean, Spring, I know. Sprinkle with a little snow in the quarterbacks, you know what I'm saying? But the, yeah. the, the who the ones are the running backs and the wide receivers, and you and know, this, what I'm saying? right? And read this is my thing. And I've seen coaches stranglehold by upper management about things they could or couldn't do that some people couldn't dominate us. I mean, like, I'm not trying to be funny. Bruce Arians has the blackest coaching staff in all of the NFL. I mm-hmm. mean, if you look around and look person by person, position by position. The number of African-American assistant coaches he has outweighs every team in the NFL. And like I said, I'm not trying to make this a race thing. I'm not trying to come on here and, and cry. And people are like, well, it's you earn your right. But at the same time, like I said, in my game's extra point, what's the point of me going after something when I know I don't have the same chance as a white counterpart, right? Just real talk. So, like I said, we don't want to make this about race, but the practice is making it about race. And the one thing I said that I'm not going to bite my tongue on, that is a real fact, and it's just true, that some old owners, most of the time your quarterback is the face of your franchise because it's the most popular position that everyone knows. Mm-hmm. And if you don't look like them, that's not what they can see representing their team and what it means. And that's just mm-hmm. a God honest truth. Should it be like that? No, but you see it over and over again. And that's why a long time ago, you know, besides your quarterback, your coach is now your fa- the face of your franchise. And mm-hmm. for a long time, you they didn't have a lot of people that looked like us that they thought could play the quarterback position either. And it was a stereotype that they're athletic, they can run, the arm might be strong, but they cannot think and comprehend the game like a smart white quarterback. And yeah. I've had all I've had old scouts sit down and tell me stories about some of the things they were told. Even that these were white and black scouts that worked for certain franchises and organizations that were told, "That's fine, but this is what I'm looking for because that guy, that young man there, is not going to be able to think the way this other guy thinks." And that's mm. how certain that's how certain people believe. 
Now, pick and my my pick story and is going to be my stories. It ain't real. And my sources are going to be my sources. I'll never get those up. But at the same time, so, it, open, no. it opens your eyes to things that, like you said, if you're not behind closed doors and have a chance to pull up seats and talk to certain people, you're never going to know about it. You're never, never going to see it. Never. Never. You know what I'm saying? It's never. just one of those things that you don't know about. And yet, Josh McDaniels can just get a, can just get another job in a blink of an eye. And and already left a team high and dry and be like, oh no, that's not it. I'll take it. No, I won't take it. I mean, well, you know, and we don't know if that has to deal with the fact that he, you know, has been under Belichick for so long, you know, because Belichick is well respected. I mean, we don't know what it is, but you know, the inside ties that some of these guys may have, you know, Flores came from Belichick and he didn't get the same chance that Josh McDaniels getting. So it, you know, because so you still know what it come down to. The black coaches seem to seem <laughs> they seem to have like the the shortest leash in it, and, and 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 I have to give it to the Steelers because I don't you know they've only had like three coaches like their whole entire team like three or four coaches like their they, whole entire they, like, they you know that, they you know but they they read. stay consistent they stay consistent go. with whoever that coach is they believe in them they let him do his work for however long you know because Cower was there for I don't know how long until Ever. Tom McCain. You know what yeah. I'm saying? But they do a and thorough Tom, job in their interview process to make sure yeah. they, they find the right candidate. Yeah. And I don't think – and let's get this straight. I don't think that the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Rooney family hired Mike Tomlin just because he was a young black mind. He was mm-hmm. a young, energetic – I mean, when I tell you one of the smartest brothers I've ever – but we'll take that back. What are the smartest people I've ever talked to? Take away his skin color to know the game the way he does, to carry himself the way he does, to speak the mm-hmm. way he does, mm-hmm. to demand the attention and the presence of his defensive backs meeting room is what he did when he was in Tampa. He was still his material. He was still he, he was, was exact still his material. But the thing is, there's more Mike Tomlins out there if you go and interview him. I really pray that D'Amico Ryans can get a job, man. That brother from San Francisco is – I, I think he's another good one. He's a great mind. He's going to take something and bring a new energy to a team. He's just got to get a chance. To me, the Raiders hired to me. I think that's a safe bet. I think that's a Mike Davis thing. That's the David. And, and not to fault the whole, you know, the whole day, uh, Davis family. You know what I'm saying? Art Shell got a coaching job, one of the first black head coaches. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Because of Al Davis. But at the same time, he, he kept it safe the whole time. I just think and I don't care if it's a if it's a white person that they hired. I thought they should have kept the uh, special teams coordinator as a head coach. He did a good job. They had a decent staff in place. Maybe had to fix one or two pieces on the offensive side of the ball, especially now that Mike Mayock was gone. Think that they bring a new GM in, it can help. But when that new general manager came in, you know, I I knew they were going to start over. And I just think that McDaniel's is a guy that's gotten another chance just because of his namesake and what he's done in New England with Belichick, but not really deserving of his position. Why go to Indianapolis when I can go to Vegas? Well, I mean, that was a couple of years ago on the Indianapolis job. And if you really, yeah. if you really the man and think that you can coach the way that all these Detroit, I mean, all these uh, disciples of Belichick could do, because Matt Matricia went to Detroit and ran that shit into the ground. Right? Yeah. So, but I'm not going to bash everybody that came out of them what they did. It's just the way you go about doing things. That's just not my favorite hire for the Raiders at all. Now, the New York football giants, they decided to hire a new coach, and they went with Brian DeBall from Buffalo. And I think that's not a bad move. I think being in that area, being an offensive guy, 
it's something that the Giants need. They they needed something that was going to be a little bit different than Joe Judge. And he's an OC. Who's that? He, he was offensive right. coordinator. Yeah, he was the OC in Buffalo. He was the OC in Buffalo, and now he's the head coach in New York. And, and see, and, and I think that's a good pick. And I think he's young. I think he's okay. hungry. OC in Buffalo to, to to New York. Okay, yeah. okay, that can work. That can work. Yeah. That can work. Yeah, I mean, shit, it wasn't like Buffalo's office wasn't bad. You know what I'm saying? So it wasn't I mean, bad at all, and and they did they did some things this year to really improve. And I think that I I think that McDermott's gonna miss him. I think that him and the way he worked with Josh Allen showed you know wonders for that team. He did good things. I think it's he's probably the right kind of mind that they need. And some people might go like, we need a defensive minded coach in New York. Nah, I think they can. A good offensive-minded coach can go find a great defensive guy to be that coordinator and help them get over that hump, and I think they're going to do that. So the Giants hire Brandon Ball from Buffalo. I think that's cool. They need now to this, learn how to move the ball. Yeah. Now this is one that's baffling that that I know a lot of Chicago people have been talking about on social media. They hate the Bears hired uh, the Indianapolis Colts defensive coordinator Matt Eberflus as the new Chicago Bears head coach. And t- I'm just asking you, Reed, with a young Justin Fields as your quarterback, do you bring in a defensive-minded guy to help lead this young quarterback? Do you think the Bears should have gone offensive coach? or Offensive-minded. Is that they need to go offensive-minded? Offensive-minded. Offensive-minded. I'll say it again, offensive-minded. <laughs> I don't know why, but you go offensive-minded because you, you work you, – you, Y'all drafted this boy Justin Fields to be the future, okay? Right. So he's on your offense, so you right. got to start developing your offense to suit around the boy. You get an offensive-minded coach. You got to understand what pieces he got, what he can do, what you got, what he can't do. You know right. what I'm saying? So you start creating game plans. Okay, we're going to use your abilities, your best your best part of your abilities. We're going to use them, implement them in the game. This is how we're going to do it. Defensive-minded coach ain't going to do that. Right, right. It's – I don't know. I don't know enough about Everflus to know if how good or how bad this is, but I know I've, I've had about four or five different guys from Chicago. And shout out to the uh, there, there's a, a show on ASAP Network, man. That's straight up for the Chicago Bears. They laid into it with some good knowledge the other day about what they thought about this hire and that why it was it wasn't a good hire and what they need to do. I just feel like you need somebody that's been around developing quarterbacks to come in to be that piece that you need to mm-hmm. to help Justin Fields out. They've mm-hmm. been so banged up. They've been he got so beat up. He ran for his life. And Nagy wasn't it. Now who Everflus puts on his staff is gonna be key since he's a defensive minded guy. A lot of his yeah. emphasis is probably going to be on defense, but he has got to hire the right offensive coordinator uh, in the right offensive staff to help Justin Fields have success because I think he has talent to be the quarterback of the future that they missed on with Trubisky. But if he doesn't get the pieces around him, they're going to keep the quarterback carousel going on forever and ever, man. It's bad. It's bad. And the problem is Justin Fields can go somewhere else and flourish. I think the boy can go somewhere else yeah. and flourish. I really think. But if, if if Chicago don't get this right, man, Chicago don't get it right. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Thank you, Jay Stocks. I'm telling you, offensive minded. They should have done it. <laughs> yes, sir. I feel you, Jay. All right, man. So we're gonna go into the last one, one more hire that was because there's still a couple positions out there left. We don't know what's gonna happen. We might not know until uh, you know this week goes along and 
going into next week's show, we'll talk about it. But the Broncos hired, uh, I think it was Nathaniel, uh, Nathaniel Hack from Green Bay. Hackett was the offensive coordinator in Green Bay. Um, I, I like Green Bay's offensive style. They believe in running the ball. They believe in the play-action pass. They had a quarterback that can do it. They had Jones, a running back that can do it. I think it's what Denver needs. I think Denver's biggest thing is who's going to be the quarterback. You know, who's gonna, what's going to be their identity um, as far as like running the ball or passing the ball. And I think yeah. they're bringing in the right coach to help help that team find an identity. But the thing is, they're going to have to go get the pieces for it to make it work. Quarterback off top. Quarterback. <laughs> uh, I mean, number one has to be the quarterback position, bro. Right. Because it's not Drew Luck. It's not Teddy B. Yeah, it's, I hate to say that. It's not Teddy B, man. Y'all have to find that quarter, even if it's just a, a bet, man. Even if it's just a bet to just circumvent just for the just for the time being, bro. Just right. for the time being. Just y'all need something, man. Goodness gracious. Because if you don't get that, it's it's gonna be he'll be out soon if they don't get no no quarterback, man. Right. Like guys, I don't understand. Like these coaches gotta know what they're getting themselves into. You know what I'm saying? When they when they call these people and be like, hey man, we want you to come in and interview. Like if they call me to interview, man, I'm thinking like, okay, the <laughs> team has this, the team has this, the team has this. You know what I'm saying? Do I uh-huh. really want to be there? Can I win there? You know, I'm asking every kind of question that I can. Like, quarterback yeah. is going to be a very big issue for me. And if I don't have one, what free agents are going to be available? And what's my draft position? And what's in the draft? It's it's going to mean a lot. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Daddy to get this one. <laughs> right, now everyone is saying that that could be a landing spot, man. And the, uh, and, the and the Denver Broncos may be thinking, "Hey, let's get Hackett. That way, we have a chance of really getting Aaron Rodgers if Green Bay uh ships him up." Mm, Jay, I don't know, man. That's a good point. You know, I was thinking Aaron Rodgers may be able to go fill in for Tom Brady for a couple of years. <laughs> No, down no. the table. Nah, I don't. I don't no. know what's going to happen with that man, but yeah, I think that might have been a little bit of strategy from from the Broncos' uh, ownership Probably. to Probably. go ahead and bring in somebody trying that might trying to pull happen. another Peyton Manning type. Yeah, you know, it might happen like that. May, man, now we'll see. But I don't know. If, you know, Aaron, be careful going over to that AOC, dog. They got them young gunslingers over there, dog. You guys to be careful. You want some problems right now? You guys right. to be careful over there. What my grandma would say, boy, you got to be careful, baby. You can't just go out there and do what you want to do. Rogers finna go host Jeopardy. Hey man, do you really think that he can walk away from the game? That he might walk away from the game? Rogers is starting to trying to act like like your boy. Uh, what's the name? Jay Cutler, man. Oh, <laughs> my opinion. Wow. Like he's starting. He's starting to get that Cutler. Like I ain't heard know, that in a minute, it man. Is, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like he. I think. I think he truly enjoys playing with Devontae Adams and stuff like that. But I think he's getting to that point. Like, it's what it is, bro. Like, damn, that's big, dog. It might be. I don't see it though, bro. I, I think Rogers still has enough in him. And I think for him to live up to that GOAT status, well, you know, the grading curve of the GOAT status that we like to say, 
I think he really wants to try to get another championship, man. I think that Aaron Rodgers has that in him. And I think he's still unlike, doing. Unlike, unlike Cutler, Cutler never really had a chance to go get a ship. Cutler was never like scaring nobody, like, oh, damn, Jay Cutler about to lead somebody to a Super Bowl. No, I think Aaron no. Rodgers still has that in him. Actually, Cutler had the talent. Cutler just didn't care. You see, hey, talent and Cutler one, two, two different talent. things read up in you. That's your, what it is. Cutler had the talent. He just didn't care. Your boy Aaron Rodgers has the want to. Cutler, whatever. He laid up somewhere. Ain't thinking about football. Rodgers has the want to, but lately it's just been like, eh, like. But do you do you think that's because of how he's really feeling about Green Bay, or do you think that's really his overall persona right now and and how he feels about the game itself? Mm, I think it'd be a little bit of both. It'd be a little bit of both, man. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think it's just, just a little bit of both. I think it's. I mean, don't get me wrong. You win one Super Bowl, you want to win another. You know what I'm saying? Right. But yet, then again, you've already won. <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying? How yeah. many people can say that they won? You know true what I'm that. saying? Yeah. You know? true, and it's man. not like the boy ain't still like you know, still like he ain't capable of like breaking records and doing so so many other things. So it's not like he's not going to a Hall of Fame because he is Aaron Rodgers. True that. You know what I'm saying? So like. Mm-hmm. Really, what else does he need to prove? Just him just want to win another chip? I you know think when saying? you come down to being able to talk about goats, being able to talk about who's the best, who's the baddest, I think you have that, uh, like, I, I'm the guy. I got these many Super Bowl wins. I think it just comes down to that when it comes to quarterbacks, man. Um, is it a fair comparison? Probably not, because, you know, I think one of your best quarterbacks of all times was Dan Marino, and he didn't have a Super Bowl championship. You know what I'm saying? True. Like, there's a lot of them out there. Jim Kelly never won one. He was a Ooh. he was a monster. Got the four in a row, and never won one. Right. Ooh. So God, it happened. It, it, right. So it happens all the time. And the quarterback position is a hard position because of what they think they can do, what they want to try to do, and I just think that. Um, I'm gonna hurt Jabari Stockland, dog. If you read these comments over here, read. Um, I'm reading them too. Yeah, I'm, 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 right I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get Jay Stoggs on Thursday. It's all good. He, <laughs> he just mad because of what I said about Fat Luca the other day. But that's another <laughs> show. Just move the chains, not move the couch. You know what I'm saying? So I ain't gonna talk about Fat Luca Doncic right now, dog. So he I is mean, a little chubby. He yeah. a little chubby. So that's yo, 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 mad fan, though. I'm a mad fan, though. Yes, sir. Yes, so, sir. Man, hey, before we got to get ready to get this thing out of here, man, because, hey, we want to thank um, ASAP Plus and ASAP, ASAP all, all Sport man. All Plays Network for letting us come on and do our thing on here. Uh, yeah. Big Game Sports Buzz, uh, Man Cave Express linking up, moving the chains. And, guys, after the NFL season, we're going to keep this thing moving. going to be a new show, new title, but same time. We're going to do this thing big, man. Keep it going. We love that guest interaction. So anytime you in that chat, you like what we got going on, go ahead, drop in, state your state your argument, your point of view, and we will talk about it while we on here. But um, hey, you can find my man A Reed at A Reed TV and yeah. also at MCXP Express on Twitter. You can find me, Big Game James at B. G Sports Buzz on Twitter and at JCan97. You know what I'm saying? For Big Game James, my man A Reed, this has been another edition of Move the Chains. Good day, baby. We will.